0: You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse, Earful of Dirt is the only podcast dedicated to Major League Rugby. Now, coming to you live from across the United States, here's your hosts...
1: And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Aaron Castro, coming to you from Mesa, Arizona, and I'm joined this week by Victor Perez and Dan Brown in New York City. Josh Fredland kicking it in Denver. Meanwhile, our producer Corey Munson in Iowa is hanging out in the comment section and on Twitter, hashtag EODpod. Check that out. All right. So hit him up. With your questions and comments. So how's it going, everyone? Good weekend?
2: Good weekend.
3: Yeah. Very solid weekend.
1: Very Great weekend. Solid
3: Lots of big games. All the Eagles won. All the Eagles won. <laughs> That's what we wanted. There was a lot of rugby this weekend.
1: I I watched six matches.
2: By the way, Aaron, I just I just noticed Aaron that you and I are are Brisbane buddies.
1: Oh, I think I have another one of these somewhere. I don't know. Well, of those buddies. Nice. Uh, so oh, nice. for those new to the podcast, each Monday night we discuss news and rumors from Major League Rugby, the United States Professional Rugby Union competition. It's a chance to discuss the issues, hear from league and team leadership, and check in with our friends across the United States rugby season. This week we have Dan.
3: So – We've got a uh, couple of topics here. Um, we have, first of all, the, the Capital Selects uh, played against the Houston Sabercats. After that, we have um, a great match from this weekend, the, the start of the ARC, at least for the USA Eagles. Um, Eagles played Argentina 15, and, spoiler alert, they won. So we're going to talk a lot about that, and especially how it's relevant to MLR. And finally, we have uh, we have some news from the French um, I guess, ambassadors to USA Rugby. Um, some meetings happened in France with some people from MLR, and seems like it's some pretty interesting news there. So going to that, I think we're going to jump straight into the uh, Sabercats and, and the Selects.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. As you can see, I'm wearing my Canada team <laughs> polo. I I ask you, my friends, to have a moment of silence for – The Canadian World Cup ambitions as they must now go to the Rapachage tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about, talk about, uh, it was that was that was some brutal stuff down in multiple Uh, yeah, so we'll touch on that later, but I think I
3: actually spilled some beer. (laughs) I I was trying to fake pour it out and I actually spilled some. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I you now.
1: he poured a he poured beer for Canada.
3: They, they need it. Well mm-hmm.
1: Capital Selects yeah. uh, at Houston Sabre Gats. So uh Victor, I know you listened to that live while I think you were watching the Eagles match at the same time. So uh Some
3: crazy multitasking there.
1: Um you know nothing for me because I've got uh the Unidos, the Argentina 15 Report.
2: Well, guys, actually, I did not watch it live—the the Eagles match. I actually waited it, waited for it to go on on demand, and then watch it like that because I know there were apparently a couple of problems with the stream and everything, and I didn't want to deal with that. I just wanted to watch it straight. So... so I, so I, so I decided to just focus on the uh, Sabercats, um, CCRS,
1: uh, so you did you weren't live, like, messaging through the system, uh, but my buddy was, em- like, sending me messages on Facebook. Be like, this stream is going in and out. Now I have a blue screen. What the hell's going on? Uh.
3: I will say they, they managed to pull through the entire game without the, the blue screen of, I'm sorry, we're experiencing technical difficulties, which I think was amazing. They're, I mean, it was still very slow. And there were times where I could have sworn I saw the exact same play just happen, so I couldn't tell if it was lagging, or if I was just losing my mind. And that's what the rugby channel does to me.
0: But, I had the same issues as Dan did, where it just like it kept slowing down and then almost went back. I did get the um the technical difficulty screen during the UCLA
2: Arizona match,
3: though. So. Yeah, I saw that, and as I was trying to watch the very end of it, and I couldn't watch the very end of it, so. Oh well. Wow.
2: So yeah, so that's why I waited out until Sunday to watch all of that. So I didn't so I didn't have to deal with it. Exactly. But but going into the match itself. So it, it was another great a uh, call match from Brent Miltz. See now I had his name down. And um and a friend of course, Mr Oh Grant Cold. So like what happened with the Nola Gold match, the uh, CRS again, Capital Rugby Selects. Couldn't get their game on, and of course the every cat's. You you already know how it is. And uh, when they come at you, they come at you with force, and they just ran over the the capital selects. Uh, okay, cool, cool thing. There were a lot of double uh, double tries, two double tries actually. Uh, one by Osei Sao and the other by uh, Joshua Bishi. So both. Uh, Fijian Olympic players again each one have two tries uh, to the tally Uh, Zach Pangelinan had a perfect 7 out of 7 conversion rate, didn't miss a kick and the game ended with a 49 to 3 score Uh, also shout outs to Kenneth Pd Hepburn they had a great game on the scrum lifting a player a lot heavier than himself in the process when he was scrumming with this guy, it looked really cool and as you guys probably know, this week they're going to be playing against the Chicago Lions. So we'll see how that pans out. So that's pretty much the report. Very short.
3: Yeah, there was actually one really, I guess, interesting topic from this. Um, so we saw that there was a, a new player that played for Houston. He's the, the six foot four, two hundred ninety seven pound uh, Shantez Jackson. Um, this is a guy who has never played a game of rugby or a match of rugby his entire life. Um, He is a former defensive lineman for the University of Houston. I think he just graduated. And at least uh, according to Grant Cole, the the rugby evangelist, um, he's been practicing with them for about two months so far. um, Played the last eight minutes of this match and um, apparently ran over about three or four rucks. I don't know how much he really knew what he was doing, but Grant says that his coachability is just as incredible as his size. Um, so this is someone who hopefully can really um, stick it with the team. I'd like to see them reach out and get one or two project players, especially from the same area. Um, so we'd love to see some more. I know Nola has a couple that um, seem kind of interesting. So we'd love to see these these big guys you know, with this, this raw strength and raw power just come in, um, at least one or two, just to throw in a little monkey wrench there. Um, well, that's that's all I've got too from the uh, the Capital Selects match. So I you know we, we have really what we all were waiting for and wanted to talk about the most, the uh, USA versus Argentina match. Um, I would jump right into it, but as you can see if you're actually if watching this, this. If you're actually watching this, as you can see, the Strobro actually made an appearance and yeah, was it? it was the so, game itself.
1: Uh you're full of Dirt deployed forward to, uh, Carson, California. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I bought two tickets. I think next time I will, uh, make sure I actually bring a photographer, AKA enlist my significant other as a photographer. Um, so that I don't have to like mess around, uh, because, uh, StubHub is a little more up on their security when it comes to access than uh, Talent Energy was. I'll tell you what,
3: yeah, we just walked uh, in, almost didn't have <laughs> to show tickets.
1: Uh, so, um, man, it was like as a facility, that place is something else. It's it's world class. Uh, I was there twelve years ago. Freddie Adu playing for DC United in his first game. Uh, I went. Uh, And was on the east stand at the time. And everything was, yeah, everything was bench seating. And they've since replaced all the bench seating with, you know, fold down chairs. So tons of upgrades have happened to the place, pardon me. And uh, really, if we could draw well, uh, that should be the American home in the, like, California area. Because if we can get 27,000 people there, it's going to be loud. Like it was the the South stand atmosphere where I spent most of the game uh, with my girlfriend going up in between, you know, to the press box. And it was just so, it was so loud. Uh, the, you know, some guys are saying, Hey, respect the kicker. Hey, you know, things are different culturally in America. We like to heckle with the best of them. And when the Argentines had the ball, South stand got raucous. Whether he was, whether they were kicking it, or they were just advancing the ball, and you know, creating disruption, which was awesome. Uh, the, you know, the if you're talking about refreshments, I think there were about eight different beers you could buy. So uh, you know, for the adults in the room, there's a lot of different food options. Great stuff. Uh, spoke with Calder Cahill, the new media director for USA Rugby. Great dude. Uh, He's going to be great to work with uh, going forward. Uh, Getting to the match specifically, uh, you know, a couple of observations outside of the match report. Uh, You know, I didn't know where Argentina 15 was in their development cycle, as this resembles the experience level they brought in the 2016 squad rather than the 2017 squad. A lot more capped guys last year. Uh, this year is a lot more young guys. Um, a lot of these guys are from their U20 side from two years ago, which was an amazing side uh, that competed in the general championship. Uh, you know, we're seeing the systems in play that were put in place by Mitchell when it comes to like team ownership and individual fitness. Uh, they're still like operating on those. So, you know, we had what it took in the last quarter of the game to, you know, to finish, you know, the tempo of, with our offense seemed to shift drastically when Sean Davies got on the pitch at the 55-minute mark, uh, which I mentioned in the recap. Faster getting the ball out uh, of the set piece and into space. Maybe maybe it was just, you know, he was fresh. I don't know. Uh, but the strategy seemed to put in place by Coach Gold uh, during camp was very important, and the continuity from the November staff was key for me. Uh, you only really saw the offensive shape. Uh, that they wanted to run with their the forwards for about 10, 15 minutes because the Argentine defense was just so stingy and so attacking. Uh, you know, I think overall the staff fits very well with what Gary wants to do. So uh, if you go to the official time clock, Dylan Oudsley played for 72 minutes as a debutante off the bench when uh, the, I forget who it was, from Argentina committed what should have been a red card offense. It was a late tackle on, uh, Marcel Brocky. Uh, he had passed the ball and it was out of his hands about, uh, you know, probably like four seconds, uh, when he initiated that tackle. Um, but obviously very talented player. He, he crushed it. Then, you know, uh, the hammer, Hanko Hammersheis. he, he sealed the deal, causing that uh, you know knock on from Bruni uh, in extra time, which you know had us win the match seventeen to ten, getting the Argentine fifteen monkey off our back. So I'm very excited about the next few weeks, guys.
3: Yeah, that was um, that that play by Honka was just great because um, in that scenario, a lot of players, especially younger players, would typically typically just sort of go for the tackle, Um, you know, similar to how in football you just go for the tackle to stop them, but the play is still alive once you pass the plane. So he's aware of that and made sure to actually go for the ball. Thankfully he did because, you know, they might've missed the kick, but I'm sure it would have ended in a tie and I would have been very upset, but, but you actually, you touched on something that was I thought was really important was that the, the end of the match is actually when I felt that we took the biggest impact or had the biggest impact. I think that some of our death players were actually better than some of, or sh- maybe even should have started over some of our other players. I thought Sean Davies should have started for, you know, really the same reason that, that you said that. Um, I also thought Andrew Duratalo maybe should have started, but he's also um, a real energy boost off the bench. Um, someone like David Tamalow, who obviously wasn't playing, but he's just got that sort of, um, that tough mentality that he'll just run through you. And that's something that you don't really want to go up against when, you know, there are only 20 minutes left of the game. Um, the other reason too, was that Sean Davies and Will McGee both playing together would have been really good just based on their, their, um, their continuity together. Um, but with having a whole new number 10 and then switching up to having Alex Berger as scrum half. I didn't think that was necessarily the best idea. I think they could have, um, started off a lot better in the beginning. Um, well, anyway, I know that this is this is all a new staff. Um, Gary Gold didn't even pick the roster. He is learning all the players, so I'm sure he pretty much just went with, you know what he thought made sense. He knows a couple of the players so far. So really excited to see what he has coming up because it was a bit messy, especially in the beginning. Um, but just like you, I'm really excited for the future, especially next couple of weeks. Um, I don't actually have a specific man of the match, but one of my favorite players to watch from this match was probably Mikey Teo, Um just because every time he got the ball he he managed to run into someone who was bigger than him and yet somehow not only would, would stiff arm him off him but would actually physically push the guy and stop him and just throw him back and keep running for another couple meters. That was really that was just awesome to see cuz he's sort of like a, a smaller guy but he's really kind of built stockily. So that was that was really um
1: well he was Great a defensive player. lineman in high school.
3: So That probably plays a little bit into that, at least just a tiny <laughs> bit. He also actually had a, a really perfectly placed kick, too, when um, the ball got knocked back probably towards the 22 of the Eagles, and then he kicked it, and it, it ran basically right up along the line, and the Argentinian player stopped because he thought it was going to go right out, but it landed literally right next to the uh, – touchline or out of bounds i always get confused with the specific phrasings but landed right there and just went right out from there so it was was absolutely perfect dead shot from him so maybe you know maybe actually i might give him my man the match i'm not sure but i just thought he was he was the most exciting so um at least that's that's my recap victor what do you think after being able to actually watch it on replay without any issues what do you think
2: Wow, is,
3: is the answer I'll,
2: I'll give you, Dan. So far, the Eagle match that I have enjoyed the most of all of the ones I've seen thus far. And now the USA versus Canada for the World Cup, that was my number one. It definitely has slide. And now to number two. It felt that, that from the beginning, USA had the matchup, the matchup down-packed even with all the several errors they did as USA Eagles usually do. Um, I was adding, by the way, that, uh, that Marcel Brachy uh, had to leave the field so early after, I think it was uh, Juan Capiello, uh, just randomly, randomly tackle him. Uh, but I had to say Dylan o- Oxley made it seem that he belongs in the national team. I was quite surprised with the kid. Uh, him and, and Bryce Campbell, are the young center pairing that, that USA definitely needs uh, with the World Cup coming up. Uh, Will Hooley uh, definitely took my fears away after his performance, and it seems that the fly hat position is something USA doesn't have to worry about as much as prior years, which is great. Uh, that's a position that uh, the U.S. have usually struggle uh, in terms of depth. By the way, I agree with Daniel, uh, Mike Dale. That, that guy was everywhere on the field, um, always on the high ball. He reminded me of, uh, very much like a player in in Aussie rules, so standard rules football. You had to jump a lot uh, to catch the ball. So he, very similar uh, technique, if, if you may. And definitely one of his best performance uh, in an Eagles jersey, in my opinion. And speaking of the Argentina-Fig teams team, uh, they came determined, obviously, to ride the ROMs from last year, uh, and, and, and they kept up, kept that tempo up, uh, but a Hunkel of stop, a possible third try by tackling um, Rodrigo Bruni uh, to Dan O'Kong, and a match ended, by the way, with a 17-10 score, uh, for those of you who are listening, if you, if you do not know, for whatever reason. Uh, keep in mind, you guys, that uh, the next match coming up is this upcoming uh, Saturday. It's going to be at Papa's, uh, Papa, Papa Murphy's Park in Sac Sacramento, California, capital of the state of California. Uh, again, Rugby Channel. If you don't want to deal with the technical issues, do what, I, do what I did. I didn't talk to anyone for the whole weekend, and I just watched it after I got home.
1: Papa Murphy's?
2: Papa. I think. Isn't this called <laughs> Papa it, Murphy's
1: Park? No, say it like a potato.
2: P- potato
1: Murphy's? Papas. Papa. Papa. Oh, papas. Papa, oh, Papa Murphy.
2: Oh, excuse so, me. What did I say?
1: Papa? You said Papa.
2: Papa. Papa? Papa? Oh, I didn't know this. Okay. That's <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I thought it I was Papa. Papa. I'm sorry. My Will man. Hulley is an
1: interesting option. He was like, I stood next to him in the press tunnel as they were going in. He's a big boy. Like, he's not. You know stocky and wider and as heavy as say Bryce Campbell, but he provides a an interesting option. We could go a little bit like England to be honest you could we could put two fly halves on the pitch with say McGee and Hooley at 12 and then put Bryce at 13 uh, you know something like that or say AJ because uh, he's he's a will's not that small. But Will's, uh, Will McGee is not that small, but Will Hooley is bigger than him. So you could put them both on the pitch, and it would provide you with AJ out. It would provide you some interesting options right now. Um, uh, you know, they're both really good with their boots. I, I wouldn't mind having them both on the pitch at the same time. Um, I'm really glad that we capped that dude for – uh, oh, he's, you know, he's playing ours. out of the Bedford Blues, you know, he's ours now. Uh, you know, for those, I mean, we sort of talked about him last week, but for those listening at home, he was an England under 20 guy, age grade. So he, uh, had a, I think, an illness last year when he was playing with Exeter that sort of like knocked him off the radar. And now he's with Bedford Blues, but you know, thank, thank his grandma. <laughs> thank his grandma. He's ours. Um, yeah.
3: Actually, no. Josh actually just pointed out he's um, he's not technically ours yet because Argentina fifteen doesn't count as a as a cap.
1: Well, true, but it is an appearance for the senior national team.
3: Yeah, he's also going to play next week.
1: And so uh, based on team. and also you know based on my the not my conversation with Gary Gold because I did have a conversation with him, but the press conference. Uh, after the match is that he's not into uh, he's not into changing a bunch of things. So as long as he has this 23 together, he's going to, you know, use the same 23 guys, uh, you know, but it's, he's going to have to add one more because based on what he said at the press conference, they think they suspect that Marcel has an MCL injury. So we're going to have to bring in another center. So Aldley was it's probably going to start this week. And then uh you know I think Will Hooley will see a lot more time. Um it's going to be it's going to be a good week for the Eagles as long as we get out of our heads cuz I think we were sort of in our heads a little bit in the first half and uh just you know allow ourselves to be coached and play to the game plan.
3: I think actually with Hooley, too is um, he came in and he was someone I forgot to mention before that he was a sub, but he came in and he you know, played in the English age grade system. So he has the fundamentals that a lot of Americans may tend to, to not have, especially at the fly half position and especially as a sub. So whether he's starting or if he's a sub, he's bringing a lot of value that we may not have necessarily had before. Um, that I think it was really great. And I, I actually, I, I, I really loved his performance. Um, I thought he did a bit better than, than McGee. Um, I think McGee missed a kick too. I'm not missing.
1: Uh, so Will missed a penalty and a conversion. Yeah. And, and made the made the other two. Yeah. So so yeah. Um, the Hooli conversion was conversion was not in a nice spot. Yeah. So so
3: Huli offers a really great uh, boost um, whether he's starting or as depth. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And one actually. One last point um, I actually have to make about this match was that I really like Argentina 15 against the USA. Every time they play each other, they're obviously very, very evenly matched. I think the overall score is probably something like 77 to 70 for the past couple of years. So they're obviously very evenly matched, but what I really love to see too is that you always see at least three or four scuffles break out. They never turn into anything really big, but you always see... In the background, some guys pushing each other or something like that. Um, I just think it makes it a bit more uh, exciting. I love it.
1: Well, Saturday, it almost, you know, there was a lot of comments about the refing in some other publications, which, you know, you can go find them. I don't care. But if you're measuring all three of the Argentina 15 versus U.S. matches that Chris Asmus has, you know, refed, this was his best one. But he had to, like, stop, pretty much get control early because there was a lot of contentious, cynical plays, you know? There was was a lot of stuff going on.
3: Yeah, I love also um, Argentina, especially Argentina 15, has a very – they sort of pull some club rugby rugby antics um, that – I think a lot of the professional teams don't necessarily have as much. That's just my own personal opinion from watching very limited rugby. But they kind of throw in these little chip shots that you don't. I, mean, I don't really see um, with some of these other tier one nations where everyone's been playing professionally since they were you know twenty or something like that. It's just kind of fun to see. I really like it.
1: Um, Josh, you had a question.
3: Yeah, you mentioned bringing in a replacement for Marcel Brocky. Does that mean?
2: Um, Gary Gold puts in Paulo Sik as a backup, or does he put in somebody like say Alex Elkins?
1: Um, so you're, take this for what you will, uh, but the I would say two injury replacements that uh, were there, I got the bag holders and the water holders. Uh, I didn't. I, everyone else was in civili- like in civilian clothes in the stands, from what I could tell. Uh, were Paulo Sik and Saul Muqing. So I think you know the reason why you have to you get to hold the bags and carry the water is because you're higher up in the pecking order. So I could see Saul mooching and Paula CK play against Canada. So there might be, you know, there might be two changes, but overall I think the squad's going to be the same, but we, we do need a center, right? And I will point out that Saul mooching used to play center and Paula CK play center. So, We'll see, uh, guys. Do we want to put a line on the Canada match?
3: I just want to say, not bragging, but I was right about the USA rugby versus Argentina match. I said they'd win by seven.
1: That's what I said. Just, just saying. Yeah,
3: well, I said it too. I mean, you could oh, be right. But I'm, I was I'm not. Also sa-
1: I'm not saying. I'm not. I was operating in a vacuum when I said that, so I didn't see you say that. So I'm not saying you didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, care,
3: I don't care who else said it. I said it, and I was right. I'm happy. That's all. That, that's all I really want to mention. Maybe someone else said it too. Whatever. But I said I, I didn't say seventeen ten. But this one, I think the
1: I I thought it was gonna be higher scoring. To be honest,
3: I thought so too. I thought it'd be closer, like twenty seven twenty or or thirty four twenty seven, something like that. Can I, yeah yeah. I need to do math there. um Canada, though, I think that we'll beat them by at least 10. That's just my guess there. Uh,
1: we'll see if that happens. So play per the game plan. Systems are in place. 20. I'm putting the 20 for USA.
3: Victor? I'll go 15. Or Josh? Are we Sorry. playing Price is Right rules? Is that how this <laughs> works?
2: The one closest to the, the actual number is the one that wins. So we're, gonna, yeah. we're gonna do it like that
3: without going over.
1: <laughs> you win a t shirt from our Teespring account that we're about to start that you have to buy yourself.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll I'll also do for team. It's not fun.
1: All right, all right, Corey, you gonna oh, come so... out of the cave? What do you got? No.
0: Yep. No. Yep. 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 I'm coming. Just takes a minute. Had to uh you know, fire up the, the coal powered uh camera there to get it turned on. Uh you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and go way out there. I'm gonna say this is gonna be a shutout for the Eagles. Um yeah, I think they're gonna hold Canada to uh zero. I don't care what the score on top of that is, but nothing. Uh, let's let's
3: <laughs> let's see that.
0: I mean it's the only thing we haven't accomplished over Canada at this point. So Yeah.
3: Well, I think it's a that's a fair point that you may um Aaron, since they had this one match, they got to play together, and then they also have some more training coming up. And they're all still in SoCal; they don't really have to like fly back and forth. They're all staying pretty close. I'm hoping they a couple extra, you know, some extra time together, and a coach that actually knows um, I mean, what he's doing too. He can he can look through the film and, and kind of pick out what he the, lives. So just
1: mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. But I think we yeah I think we hit this on. Um, I got a few comments to say about the, our next subject, but uh, fellas, last week, Dean House, Nick Benson, Richard Osborne, led by Thierry Dupont, met with French clubs and Ligue Nationale de Rugby leadership. What do you think of that?
2: Well, let me go first on that. So, I think that the top four team is not the best league in the world, as the article said. The article that was posted. On our Reddit page, if you are, are not following, Remember, what, I guess are you, what are you talking uh, about? Um,
1: if you want to get paid, line? that's where you go. That's where you go if you want to uh, get it, paid.
2: In Japan, if you want to, in Japan, of course. Uh, that's if you want to get paid. But if we're talking about the play itself, definitely not France. Definitely not. But in any case, but, but seriously, uh, glad the uh, LNR and M L R. Helping each other to grow the, the game of rugby here in North America by teaching our new league how to run operations, and how to make it grow over time, and obviously with that, the MLR is going to learn uh, what things not to do uh, as the uh, the the, league, the national uh, national rugby league does in France. So we'll see what happens with that. Dan,
1: I I mean,
3: I had to I mean I, I had to dust up my French a bit to actually get through this article. So that was actually non-existent. Um, but thankfully, Terry DePont actually provided us on our Reddit page with a full translation because um, usually my fallback is just copy the entire thing and then put it in Google Translate, but I couldn't actually copy the words. So I was you know shit out of luck, basically. Um, so he posted that, and it's a lot of stuff just saying, like, oh, they're meeting, which is awesome because then it's it's still one of the best leagues, even if you don't think it's the best league, which it does kind of say that in the article um they're still well run well run in a certain extent for whatever your opinion is of them um but it's it's great to hear from you know the minds over there in france but also it looks like there may be some sort of potential um maybe like player swaps or um partnerships or anything like that i mean really anything like that to get experience from guys over in france would be great for this league you don't want to just do it by yourself and say you know what you're doing you want to actually go to a league especially a league like um top 14 which is in very in many cases private as opposed to a lot of other leagues around the world
1: so say what you want victor um but I, I mean I wouldn't say it's the best league, but it's definitely one of the top leagues in the world. People think that super rugby is the best. People think that as far as commercialization of rugby is concerned, LNR operates completely independently and without subsidy from their home union. Um, unlike so Aviva, you have a 250 million pound agreement over four years to subs- to subsidize for access to players. Uh, you know, with the Aviva Premiership and then Pro 14 and Super Rugby are majority owned by you know their unions. So really, the lessons learned is if we're having a privately controlled league, they need to talk to the people that have to fully commercialize rather than rely on subsidy. Um, and I gotcha. You know, You know, there's plenty of good rugby being played in France right now. Um, Not Toulon, but what was it? Not Marseille. Uh, Toulouse. Toulouse. Toulouse and Claremont, right? Jeez. Um, You know, coaches, academy exchanges. Yeah, well, you know, so it's it's something. And further commercialization, could this lead to a bilateral agreement? For, say, at the beginning, a sort of Champions Cup-esque thing with Pro D2 and MLR? It would be nice, right? Because club rugby in South America isn't at the point where we can do that.
3: I mean, that's what we, we do need to have some sort of cross-border, you know, professional Champions Cup. I guess that's the easiest way of saying it, like the European Cup. Um, obviously, we wouldn't do that with Canada because they'd be part of MLR. So it kind of defeats the purpose. But if you did something like that, maybe two teams from here in the future, two teams from Canada play against Pro D two. Play against um, what is it the the Green King IPA Championship or whatever it's called. Yeah. You know, something like that would, would definitely just be a good start. Maybe some teams that got promoted, some that just got relegated, make it fun, bring fans in, yada yada, all that yeah. stuff.
2: It would be cool to have in the future in an in America-style uh, Champions Cup. But, of course, you need to rely on the other countries to get their level up, have a virtual release of their own, things like that. I mean, we're not yeah. in the level as uh, football soccer is right now, for example. Cool. Exactly. The, and speaking Brazil of football soccer, guys. Uh, yeah, give me a second. Soccer? Speaking of football soccer. Yeah. Me, real quick. Speaking of football soccer. <laughs> Do you think in the future of rugby we'll ever have that? Um, how, how do they call it in, in, in soccer? That um, is a, a, a swap system? As if, for example, a okay. loan system. Player, there we
1: go. Player loan? I mean, so. And player loans, exactly. So we have that with. Uh, so we have that between the Premiership and the RFU Championship, right? Well, John Mills, who plays, who is a player coach with the London Scottish was supposed to come over here and play with the Griffins as a player-coach on loan from the London Scottish. So I think it was going to be an experiment. I don't don't know. Um, I don't see
3: too many loans that have happened. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but I haven't seen too many loans happen unless it was like an injury loan like Nick Savetta or or he got loaned to Doncaster. Um, I mean, it it should happen, but maybe rugby is more injury-prone, so – People don't want to throw out their players there for that.
1: I would, I would really not really, uh, I wouldn't say like first side loans, but academy ex not, I wouldn't call them loans, but academy exchanges because you know, the Glendale went and you know, went to Bath and spent a week at Bath and observed everything there, and they talked about bringing in their academy players over here. Uh, you know, for extra game time. So I would like to be like, so Academy exchanges. So a guy goes over there for, you know, three months and like one of their guys comes over here for three months, things like that.
3: And then they, even if they do like end up getting injured, it's, it's, a, it's not like you're sending your best player or even just like a regular sub for a pro side over. Um, but they also, even if they do get injured, they come back with their own experiences of what they learned in the different countries. Yeah. Obviously we will likely learn a lot more from sending someone to England than England coming here, but they can also come here and they can learn a hell of a lot about what's going on um, in the American rugby culture, and we can have our own style of play that is completely foreign to those kinds of players, so it creates a different dynamic that I think is just beneficial for everyone involved.
1: So, uh, moving on, uh, we only had two players signed last week. Damn.
3: Really exciting week for, uh, for players signing. So the, the Seawolves actually signed um, Hooker Mike Shepard. Um, he's a pretty accomplished rugby player so far in the U.S. First started playing with Brownsburg Rugby Club, and he was a U18 high school All-American selection. Um, he then started attending Indiana University. He was a two-time JAA, I think junior All-American. Two-time All-American with um, Indiana University Rugby before transferring to University of Utah. Uh, where he again be selected for the all Americans um, selected for the USA selects in 2015. And then most recently was on the uh, Washington athletic club sevens during the club sevens national and has been playing with Saracens for a while. So first time I saw this, I saw Utah. So I immediately thought it was a steal, but I didn't realize he's actually playing with uh, Seattle Saracens for some time. So I think around this time um, we're starting to see a lot more people or players getting signed from, the local clubs filling in the spots, um, especially if there's someone like this who's basically been an All-American from high school all the way through college. Um, so that's who the Seawolves signed there. Um, they actually signed another Saracen um, for the side, too.
2: That's right, Dan. The other Saracen was Mike Garrity, who plays as a number 12 in Sancer- center, and he's originally from Centennial, Colorado. And he started his rugby uh, uh, with his high school team from Reggie's Jesuit High School, and that was back in 2003. Then when he moved to collegiate rugby, he was with Colorado State University. And his club rugby, he played it with Denver Bambarians. You may also probably know him from the Denver Stampede from, from rugby. And again, he's currently with Seattle Saracens. He's also a cap eagle, by the way, number 478. And he got his first cap at the inaugural uh, America's Rugby Championship, as uh, you may know, back in 2016, and that was against Canada. And he has his second cap against Brazil, which is a game that we lost to Brazil with that last kick by Moises Duque, who I uh, can put it as, like, I guess a, the, the pele of rugby now for, for Brazilian rugby. And he hasn't played ever since. So hopefully with his this new signing to the the Sea Wolves, uh, he should be able to be back in the spotlight of the, the Eagle squad. But, I mean, again, we already talked about Dylan, Dylan Osley, uh, Bryce Campbell, and, Mar- and Marcel Brockie holding those center roles. So who knows if he ever comes back.
0: Hey, guys. How you all doing? Pretty well. Good. Hello. Yeah, I'm back, actually, I, I, uh, now that I've gotten my, my Canada hate week uh, kicked off right with some opinions there. Um, so I wanted to kind of jump in real quick and interrupt our proceedings because we want to talk directly to our audience and our listeners right now about some opportunities. As we're working to grow this podcast and do a better job covering Major League Rugby, we want to offer you the opportunity to share your products and information with our audience uh, through advertising. So advertising is something a lot of podcasts do and uh, it's something we've held off on doing thus far. But uh, economics being what they are, it would be helpful. And so we really want to give you guys the opportunity to share what's important to you and what you think our audience needs to know about. So go ahead. If you want to advertise with Earful of Dirt, reach out to us uh, either through our Gmail account. That's Dirt at gmail.com or by calling and leaving a message at 720-600-2679. And uh, yeah, just reach out and let us know what you're thinking. And uh, I just would real quick give a final shout out to say that we are the only – consistently weekly podcast and live stream dedicated 100 percent to major league rugby so i think what we have to offer you guys is a very uh active and engaged audience and i look forward to talking with you further about what kind of stuff we can bring to you so uh now that a minute and a half of your life is gone i'm going to turn this over to dan for tweet of the week
3: yeah all right awesome moving on um now you heard our, our corporate sales pitch, our uh, coming sellouts here. Um, <clears throat> so we got this this tweet of the week. Um, I actually saw this yesterday while watching the Super Bowl. Um, it comes with an image, so you probably have to actually see it. Um, we'll, we'll share it later um, afterwards. But Austin Elite Rugby shared basically the, the picture of that kid who was during halftime um, during the Super Bowl um, where he was right in front of Justin Timberlake, but for some reason was just standing on his phone the entire time, even though Justin Timberlake wanted to be in a video with him. So basically they said, we all know what this kid was doing on his phone, hashtag Super Bowl, hashtag MLR 2018 at USMLR, hashtag Austin Elite Rugby. And there's a picture of the kid looking at his phone, and then right next to it was the Austin Elite Rugby uh, jersey or the the kit that just went out for sale. Um, So I could definitely see a lot of these memes coming up with mlr in the next couple weeks but this is the first one i saw and it happened very quickly so i will have to applaud them for that because they had to actually stop what they're doing while watching the super bowl put this together real quick and then tweet it all within probably 20 minutes of it actually happening so that's the tweet of the week we'll share it later um now i think we've got some, some news views and abuse just came out
1: So what do we got? So thank you to Yorkton this week and the editor Calvin Daniels for the mention in your column. Uh, City of Houston, uh, courtesy of Josh, sent me this article. I'm surprised I did not read it uh, on Friday. Uh, They are going to because of a quality of life bond a couple years ago in 2012. I guess seven years ago now or five years ago. um, Well, six. I can't do math. Uh, they're going to reimburse the Houston Sabercats for the first phase of their stadium. Uh, like $5.2 million. So that's really cool. Um, Seattle Seawolves this Sunday uh, against Crimson Tide Rugby uh, from Vancouver Island. Uh, BC. Well, actually, I think it's supposed to be the combined uh, Crimson Tide versus, was it Crimson's like... Vancouver tsunami, or did that change? I mm, was supposed don't to be the side. So like all star
3: um, team or select? Yeah, team?
1: it's supposed to be like two combined select sides, and apparently they're all giants. Um, you know, BC Rugby News says the game will be put on YouTube after uh, the match is over, so it's not live. And then Sea are also um, partnering with Force 10 Sports Management for Strategic Communications. Corey, on to you for questions from Bob.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, so uh, seems to be a reoccurring theme. Uh, we don't have any questions from Bob tonight. Don't have any trending topics. Got no news. Got no signings. God, what are we even doing
3: on air, people? Boring. This is probably the worst, uh, the worst podcast to actually bring up the advertising plug. The probably, yeah. <laughs> An example of how
0: amazing we are.
3: We have nothing. Yeah.
0: Uh, So we got no questions from Bob. And so, Bob, I guess my question to you, my friend, where are the questions? Uh, Let's get it going. So uh, always hit us up on reddit.com slash r slash mlrugby. And uh, you know, we post something each week asking for questions, and uh, I know we were a little late with it this week. Uh, that was my fault for not being on top of my game. So we'll uh, do better next time, and uh, we'll get some genera- we'll generate some questions coming. But while I'm on the uh, subject of uh, Reddit, if you guys don't mind, I think we'll just go ahead and slide right on into the final thoughts. I'll uh, do my piece and then let you guys finish us up, okay? Sounds good. So, yeah. I guess I just want to take a real quick second and uh, just talk about our Reddit page. So once again, this is Reddit.com/r/mlrugby. Uh, the reason I'm talking about this today is because this week we hit a we hit a uh, threshold. We uh, passed the thousand subscriber mark, and um, that's just it makes me feel good. It makes my heart feel good. This is a project that I started um, February 14th, 2017, so almost exactly a year ago now. And uh, just to see everybody buy in, to see this podcast grow out of it, to see a thousand subscribers jump on and it growing every single day and excitement uh, about the league growing every day and more and more people getting turned on to rugby in the United States Uh, That's really what we'd set out to accomplish. What I was hoping to see was to really get some folks excited and uh, it's just gone above and beyond anything I could imagine. So my final thought is just to say thank you to everybody who's been involved. Uh, If you're listening to us and you're not on our Reddit page, well, that's strange, but uh, I definitely encourage you to check it out. A lot of fantastic uh, conversation throughout the week over there. And a lot of the stuff, honestly, um, that we don't even cover on the show, uh, especially the rumor mill. If you want the latest and greatest out of MLR, some of the stuff that may not even be 100% confirmed yet, be sure to check out uh, reddit.com R MLRugby. So thank you for subscribing. Thank you for making it a great year. And uh, we're looking forward to April 21st. Uh, good things are coming.
3: I will say too, just to add on to that, that even if you absolutely hate Reddit because you think everyone that goes on it is a complete troll, maybe the case, I'm not sure. Um, this is, from what I know, I haven't been able to find anything else just like it, but it's the most comprehensive I guess, source for MLR-related news because the second there is even the slightest mention of MLR in any kind of local farm town newspaper or anything like that, it gets posted on there. So if you want to keep up to date, whether it's you know BS rumors or actual news, um, go on there. Um, there are some players and some some other people who are affiliated with MLR who do tend to go on there from time to time. That's actually where we got the translation for the French article from Tiara Delpon from Austin Elite Rugby. Um, but regardless, there's a lot of just comprehensive news articles there. You can ignore the comments all you want and just click on the articles if that's what you really want. It's fine with us. And then watch the show. And then give us five stars. And then advertise. That's all I got to say about that little thing. That was my plug.
2: Well, guys, I think we should do a, a clap for, for the thousand subscriber mark, shall we? Saw so clap. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, not too loud because it's slating in a couple of places here. Okay, guys, so before I go into my piece, um, Josh, let me give you the word real quick because uh, I know you have a couple of things you would like to mention, so please go right ahead. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's after the show. Okay, very well. It, it, I thought it was during the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay, guys. It's something personal. We're going to move on. No problem. <laughs> So, uh, by the way, real quick, guys, before we go to the end of the show, which is running quite, quite fast, by the way, guys, we, we did great. Um, if you haven't noticed, we have a new logo, and I'm surprised someone here mentioned it.
3: Oh, yeah. So
0: Hey,
1: print, yeah, print the shirts! Print the shirts!
0: Yeah, I guess it would have been nice mm-hmm. of us to say something about that, wouldn't it?
2: <laughs> oh, golly. Beautiful. Well, yes, guys, we, we definitely have a new Well, the logo, which was um, created by the gentleman that just just talked before me, Mr. Corey Munson, uh, how do I describe it? It it It's a a stick figure, very similar to the one used in the Olympics for the Rugby 7 competition, so... Although a very different, a very different positioning, because it's like a stick figure with a ball running, and that's uh, the symbol in the Olympics that represents rugby sevens. So this one is of a, of what looks to me like a cap, like a player with a with a scrum cap and something that looks like a like a. Arm holding the ball, and the face of the player makes the F of earful and then of dirt. And then in the bottom says Major League Rugby Podcast. It looks really cool, I have to say. So, yeah, guys, we're already uh, thinking uh, merchandising with that logo, putting it in shirts. And hats, hopefully hopefully New Era branded. I mean, we'll see, cross our fingers. But in any case, um, these are obviously going to be shirts that we're going to be wearing probably whenever we go to a match. So people know, obviously, who we are. Also, we're thinking about pulling out some uh, business cards with the logo in the back. I'm definitely thinking of doing that for myself. So so I don't know. Course, and, and seriously things are endless, so we'll dig. But definitely definitely business cards. I would definitely like to have one that says Victor Perez, tour guide, rugby rugby enthusiast, and then in the bottom well in the back, excuse me, has the ear full of their logo. So that's my yeah, my thought of uh, right is, now. I mean you Towels.
1: know, the the logo puts us uh <laughs> The logo, the logo helps us out and it puts us on a different level because I remember being at Lost Afternoon and being asked for a business card and I was like, uh, shit."
3: <laughs> well, you can find us at earfuljerk and com and seven two zero six hundred seven two seven nine, whatever it is. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh, yeah, but yeah, good, good shot. Okay, beautiful, so guys, okay, so everyone, uh, we have come to an end of episode. This is episode 22 of the Earful of Dirt podcast. So first of all, thank you very much for joining us, those of you on the live stream, all five of you. Thank you. Definitely appreciate that. Um, if you're not on the live stream, that's okay. and we, um, we know that you're listening to the podcast version, which, of course, thank you for listening, whether it's through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Acast, Player FM. Hopefully you downloaded the audio file so you can listen to it. Uh, Also guys, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube That will be earful of their podcasts Uh, So you obviously should check out the live streams that we have Every Monday, 10 uh, p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific Sorry, I was blanking for a moment And of course, make sure to leave us a review on our platforms Mostly iTunes, because it's the biggest one (laughs) And make sure to leave us a five-star review on that uh, also, uh, the phone number that's 1-720-600-2679. Again, that's one seven two zero six zero zero two six seven nine. So again, guys, um, Victor. That was Corey Munson. That was Josh Franklin. Daniel Brown. Another guy from the book. Aaron Castro. See you you, next <laughs> you got it. We'll see you next week.
0: Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt@gmail.com, at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.